Welcome into the Dynasty League Talk Podcast. This is episode number 26. Been a little while. Good to be back. Evan, how you doing tonight? Pretty good, John. How are you doing? Great. So for tonight's episode, and I think this will end up being a series of three episodes, we're going to break down the 2020 uh, trades that were made and then just kind of uh, do a recap on them and a win-lose uh, analysis. All right. Sounds good. Let's get into it. <laughs> tonight's episode for me is brought to you by blue moon just drinking a a classic just a little, little something a little lighter for me how about you tonight mm. well i am drinking uh some water right now so ah yeah but uh, you know what's funny about the blue moon is i remember when i was growing up and i was starting to drink beer and i was about 20 years old drinking beer at the bowling alley with my dad and my mom wanted to get some Blue Moon, and I said, Dad, what's that? He said, piss water, Evan. I'm like, okay. He said Blue Moon is piss water? Yep. Interesting. Yep. So I remember anyways. when we were in college, <laughs> this was like this was like the craft beer we would order, right? Like no, was- I mean, I, I don't think it's, like, terrible at all. Like, you know, no, no, no. Like, yeah, I just, I just, I just remember that. I was like, oh, okay. If we wanted like a nice beer, this is what we'd order. We had no idea outside of like Bud Light. Some, some people don't like that Belgiany and that height, you know, the uh, the Hefeweizen too much of that. Some people don't like that. You know? The weediness. The, the, the wheatness, yes. Yeah, yes. I think it's pretty good. Weediness. Anyways, we'll yeah. move back on to the fantasy aspect of the podcast. Um, <laughs> I think when we review these trades, I'm going to give names to the picks that were traded. However, most of these picks are around a lot, so I'm not going to focus on – where the pick was moved and what trade it was moved on later down the, the road. I'm just going to give a name to the pick and I'm going to try not to really focus on who ended up selecting the player either. Cause yeah. it'll yeah. just get too overwhelming, I think. So yep. for the most part, we'll just put a, a name to the pick to give a little bit of insight to the trade. Um, since this is kind of a, a one year later review, a lot of these picks have already been made. Sound good? Yeah. It sounds great. And yeah, especially some of these, some of the picks that are traded are like, you know, fifth rounders and like stuff like that. And some of them are just, yeah, some of them are relevant, but there are some, some of them boy- getting arrested for murdering people at this point. So you know. some are big boy trade here, trades here. And then um, you also have to bear with us. Cause I didn't, I didn't write down all of these. So I'll be kind of looking them up live, <clears throat> but I do have it all up on my computer. So first trade here is actually uh, between the two hosts. So the first trade of the 2020 season, this was the, Badass Babs traded Traquan Smith of the New Orleans Saints and a 2020-305 pick, which later became um, Brian Edwards. And then Sad Lions, which is Evan, traded me David Njoku. What do you think about that uh, a year later, Evan? Um, I am pretty happy. (laughs) Yeah, so right (laughs) – I, so I wanted everyone to give audio clips and kind of explain what they were thinking around the time of the trade and then um, kind of incitement. But no one in the league really sent any audio except for I think Jeff sent me a few. So it's because Jeff's the man. All right. At the time of this trade, um, this was before Austin Hooper was there is before Harrison Bryant was mm-hmm. drafted. However, I think Njoku was kind of the doghouse. So I think Evan was kind of dumping him and I was kind of buying low a little bit. Tight end premium. I was kind of just shooting for the stars here for a tight end. In hindsight, I've Ryan Edwards and Traquan Smith and David Njoku right now. However, 
I'm hoping David Njoku gets a new opportunity next year, but you know, it's unlikely he results in anything at this point in his career, I think. Yeah. David Njoku was also like one of those original super freaks, you know, like after, you know, in the mold of like Vernon Davis, like, you know, and then he was the only one there with, uh, I'm pretty sure Baker was there at that point. Right. So yeah, it was, you know, and a little bit of a Homer. I mean, that's, Sometimes what happens. Yeah, so a bit back to what you said. I mean, David Njoku was like this extremely, extremely raw talent out of Miami. So, you know, when he hadn't produced much in like two or three years, that was kind of on par with, I think, expectations. And I honestly think he's looked a lot better recently, but he's been. Yeah, tight ends don't break out. Like they, they weren't like flying. Like, I mean, there's only recently have some tight ends been relevant in their earlier years because just because it's just such an emphasis on the position now. Right. I mean, he just turned 25, so it's not uncommon at all for tight ends to have later breakout ages and even, yeah. you know, 27, 28. So I don't think he's going to fall out of the league, but, you know, obviously he's just a back of a roster kind of guy. Right. So sounds like you're pretty happy with uh, that trade. So I'm, I'm, well, I'm happy with it because I used, I used those pieces to move on to some other things. So. That's, that's where, but otherwise, if I had those guys now, I'd be like, you know, if I had Trey Quants without, I mean, he's has this opportunity and, you know, and right the Saints now, but he's also had opportunity and never really gotten over the hump. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he's so, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, that's what, kind of why I moved him. But um, mm-hmm. ironically, I'm the one who traded back for the 305 later with you. Yeah. Hey, actually, so it's funny, fun. how that, funny how that worked out, but. We're on to the next trade here. This is again between uh, you and then Jason. So oh, this, is, this is a funny one back then. You gave up Rewalk <sighs> to Jason for pick 303. And I think we all know, I'll look it up to confirm, but 303 became Jalen Hurts. So this is this is my this is my signature uh, trade and pick right here. Yeah, I think this gave you a little bit of credibility within the league here. You kind of <laughs> called your shot and it worked out. And uh, yeah, crushed that one, blew it out of the water. And then the reason you got the most hatred for that at the time was because Jason went ahead right after that and then traded another young QB and Dwayne Haskins to uh, Steve Hoberman. That's right. You got the 206 in return. So. And I was like, oh, what am I doing? Yeah, we were all bitter that you traded so low on Drew Locke. And, <laughs> the and also, these were higher. that's a lesson quickly learned. And this is my first three through Dynasty. And like, I kind of like quickly learned the value of draft picks and how I want to use them. But I, I feel like I did was kind of lost some time in the beginning. It's kind of valuing things. So, but yeah, process. I mean, I did my classic where I was like, I was like, what the hell haven't you traded him way too low. However, you like offered me drew lock like 15 times. And I said, no, cause I didn't want anything <laughs> to do with them. So for like a third round pick, I'm sure like, or maybe it was like a late second or I don't know what it was. I don't even think I even let you offer me value because I was just like, no, don't want them. <laughs> It's a lot, but, though, man. But to your point, I wouldn't have traded a second-round pick for Drew Locke. So at not not that time. So the 303 was probably accurate at the time. It's just Steve paying a 206 for Dwayne Haskins seems like a lot. And it's funny that it's just the very next trade. Yeah, that is funny. And it was pretty – if I remember right, it was – okay, it, it was about 20 days later. So it was a little um, yeah. while apart. And then the – the 206 became Antonio Gibson. So essentially, wow. Steve Hoberman traded Antonio Gibson for Dwayne Haskins. 
Ouch. That's a tough one there, but you still got to make the pick. So good on Jeff. Yeah, yeah. It's not like Jason made that pick. So, um, but there's obviously value to be had at the 206. And obviously, there's a lot of. Oh, yeah. So he, yeah. So he traded that pick even later on. So, yeah. You'll, you'll see this trend. Most of these picks are moved around a lot. So, again, even though I'm giving names to the picks, it's, it's not it's necessarily of, how the trade went down, but it, yeah. it is truly the value of the pick. So that's that's what happened. So yeah. and yeah, obviously, um, there's a lot of bad players I got taken around Antonio Gibson, and and that particular player happened to hit. So, well, we're already seeing a common trend that these two oh this these second rounders and third rounders are the pretty much like the uh, main currency that is going to be used in some of these. Trades. Yeah, a lot of shuffling of those mid round picks. Um, yep. Any other comments on on the? Nope, I think they all kind of blended together right there and all built off of each other. So, All right, we'll move on to the next one. This one's between Jason and Jeff. Uh, it's a little bit of a bigger trade, so I'll say it a few times. Uh, Jason gave up Chris Carson, T.Y. Hilton, 2020 2020-206. And then Jeff gave up Big Ben, D.J. Moore, 2020-106, and 2020-307. So... Again, Jason gave up Chris Carson, T.Y. Hilton, and then pick 103, which became Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, <clears> and then 206, which became um, Antonio Gibson, which we just talked about. So essentially three, I don't know, extremely good running backs. Um, Jeff gave back Big Ben, <laughs> DJ Moore, pick 107, which was DeAndre Swift, and then 307 – which became LaMichael P. Ryan. So who gives a shit? So interesting trade. Chris Carson, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Antonio Gibson, T.Y. Hilton for Big Ben, DJ Moore, and DeAndre Swift. What do you think about that? Yeah, monster trade, huh? Yeah, a lot of pieces there. It's it's almost hard to evaluate. Um, I think, uh, you know, at this point, I understand Big Ben had more value back then, but looking at it here, I think Big Ben's – Big Ben and T.Y. Hilton are kind of shit about those two players. So, you know, looking at it now, it really comes down to D.J. Moore and DeAndre Swift for Chris Carson, Clyde Ardell, and Antonio Gibson. For me, I think I would I would take today the Chris Carson, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and Antonio Gibson side. How about you? Yeah, looking at it, I can't. I just can't really like get on any side um, that's really uh, um, getting Ben Roethlisberger. At this point, it does feel like an extremely fair trade. I mean, a lot of picks moving back and forth at the time, and a lot of good players ended up coming out of this trade. Yeah, but I really can't critique either side. I mean, I mean, hopefully, this is how most of the trades kind of like work out in that respect. When like, yeah, yeah, I think even in hindsight, I feel like both people should be happy with this trade. So, overall, good job out of them coming up with a good trade, and then um, way to hit on those picks too because those were some big boys. Yeah. I mean, as we'll find like the 2020 draft, I mean, I think running back, I mean, we were talking about the wide receivers. I think they're even running backs that are going to be, you know, they're going to be pop. Well, granted cam makers kind of, you know, had an unfortunate incident, but I think there's going to be a lot to be seen with these running backs and wide receivers from the 2020 class. Yeah, I would say so. Um, move on to the next trade here. This is between Jeff and then at the time was Jake, now Jake Powers. I'll give you a 
a spoiler alert, this trade's a little rapey to me. It was <laughs> Cole Beasley and Zach Ertz. Oh, excuse me. Cole, Cole Beasley, Zach Ertz, and a 21 third. So it's actually going to be hard. The 21 picks don't have a number next to it. So I don't know which picks the 21 was. Does that make sense? Kind of. <laughs> because it doesn't tell me it's like the 305 in 2021, I don't. Yeah, you can't tell which one it was. Yeah. I guess I can scan through this. So that became Kylan Hill. All right. Oh, take me a so that's the uh, Bay um, kind of back end yep. running back, right? Yep. Yeah. So um, Cole Beasley, Zach Ertz, and Kylan Hill. And it was for pick 108 in 2020 and then 208 in 2020, which became CD Lamb and Michael Pittman. Ooh. <sighs> So Michael Pittman and CeeDee Lamb for Cole Beasley, Zach Ertz, and Kylan Hill. Mm. Yikes. I think it all could have been done for just the one player. So, Yeah, so that was uh, – this is actually why I consider it a little rapey. I think Zach Ertz was pretty much for the end of his career. Keelan Cole actually had an upsurge, but advantage of Boyd for being a Buffalo fan at that point in time. Yep, that's what and, I was going to say. Um, like, yeah, so this is not on Jake. So, Yeah, it's not on Jake. But, yeah, I mean, I think the 108 would have been a haul, let alone him throwing in the 208. It was just just unfair for Jeff to go after a rookie dynasty player. Jeff being the seasoned dynasty player he was, he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, but, you know, given the nature of this league, not surprised. Let's move on. <laughs> I have a uh, – Jeff will – I'll play his audio clip for this one. He'll adamantly deny that he tried to rape. <laughs> oh, okay, John sweet. Boyd. But I have a trump card here to prove my evidence here that he knew exactly what he was doing because he uh, <clears throat> he wasn't he wasn't to be fair he wasn't totally off Zach Ertz, and he even tried to buy low on him in our other dynasty league, which is a standard type scoring, not premium. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy who had Zach Ertz. Wanted like a, a late second from Jeff, and Jeff wouldn't pay a late second in a non tight end premium, non super flex leave for Zach Ertz. And he was just trying to get like a third for him or something like that. <laughs> so he flipped Zach Ertz in our league for a super flex tight end premium first and second. But then, you know, in a standard non premium where the draft picks aren't as deep, he wouldn't give a second round pick. So that tells you right there that he understood what he was doing. Oh yeah. For so sure. really just a bad job out of Jeff. <laughs> just a really bad look, you know, oh. hate, to, hate to see it. I mean, Jeff's got to do what he's got to do. <laughs> Come on on top. I guess so. <laughs> so the next trade here is, uh, it's between Evan and Zach Haberman. Uh, Haberman yeah. gave up Royce Freeman and Evan gave up, Darwin Thompson and the 309, which became Jacob Eason. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Do you remember what you were thinking about around this time? You must have wanted Royce Freeman, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Royce Freeman, I thought, was uh, – he, he, uh, he was kind of a hot commodity, but then he kind of fell off here now, and I was kind of – I still like a – you know, I think I'm a truther status with him for sure in, in, the, in the plainest sense, you know. 
Uh, and I'm kind of hoping Royce Freeman gets traded to the LA Rams now, and then he'll just dominate. But <laughs> we'll see. You know, it's probably a mistake. It's a classic example of me kind of just like picking out somebody that I want and uh, paying for him. But luckily, that this is kind of like you know, this is kind of like late round Trump change stuff. So yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly what it says. You you guys swapped running backs that you both felt had other opportunities, and you know, mm-hmm. whatever a late pick that doesn't really matter. So neither of you hit on this trade. It's just a wash. Yep. Next trade here is between Zach again and myself. Um, Zach gave me Mike Jasicki and a 2020-311, which the 311 became Joshua Kelly. Mm. And then I gave up Raheem Mostert and a 2021 second-round pick, which became Rondell Moore. Ooh. So a little trend here with me early in the 2020 season, I felt like I had no running back or uh, excuse me, no tight ends. So I was working on collecting a few tight ends that I thought could hit. Mm-hmm. So this is me adding Mike Jasicki and uh, Mo, or, uh, David uh, Najoku earlier. This was also before the, uh, the draft. And I was pretty confident that San Francisco was going to draft replacement, which didn't happen at all and made me look like an idiot there for a second. Yeah. That being said, Mostert went on to have a, so everyone gave me shit for this trade for a while. Mostert went on to have a very injury riddled, non-productive season. He scored 91 points um, that following season. And Mike Jasicki ended up scoring 160. So actually a pretty good season for a tight end. Yeah, just like he had a, a pretty nice season for himself there. And, uh, it was, you know, looking at that, I mean, it could have kind of been like I, – I, it was Devontae Adams on the team then – or not Devontae Adams, I'm sorry, Devontae Parker, and then he was kind of hurt. And, you know, Jacecki's getting a little bit of work. And, you know, so, I mean, Jacecki's that athletic freak. You know, he, he was a really good option for them, but um, – now he's kind of like where you could speak to it probably the most because you probably can track him the best. Uh, where he's where is he standing with Miami right now? Uh, I think he was a second round pick, so he doesn't have a fifth round option. They haven't extended him yet, um, so he's in the final year of his fourth deal. But he's done exactly what you want a tight end to do. He's gotten better every year. Um, his first year was with Adam Gase, which was terrible for everyone. I mean, yeah, I mean that doesn't. His second year, he flashed, and then last year, I mean, I think I forget we we had this argument earlier, but I think he was like tight end like six or something or eight somewhere in there. He was like a middling tight end yeah. one. So no, he had some I, good games. He was. I'm happy with uh, the production up. he's shown. I feel like I got what I thought I was going to get out of Mike uh, Jasicki, and honestly, I was. They didn't replace Mostert yet, but um, he had a pretty lackluster year, so I'm still glad I got out from underneath them. I just. I didn't sell Mostert at peak value because everyone felt like he was going to get replaced. So I kind of lost that gamble at the time as far as selling selling what would be considered peak value of a player. But obviously his replacement happened a year later. So, you know, rather get out too early than too late. Right. And then and so your tight end collection started to grow. Exactly. This is my beginning of my obsession with tight ends. Um, the big thing I want to point out here is this is a – a trade strategy I feel like a lot of people make sometimes. So for me, uh, when I was giving up the uh, 
second round pick for a third this year, I was kind of like, well, my future second is going to be late. You know, everyone thinks they're going to be a contender. And so I traded that future second thinking, why well, get to move up, you know, probably not probably six spots in a year earlier was what I was thinking at the time, which obviously my year didn't go very well at all. I ended up with the fifth round or the fifth overall pick. So that's one of those where you kind of gamble on a perceived, you know, later pick, depending on what you think of that team. And it and fairly good pick for Hobbs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you got to go for uh, your guy. And that's what's sweet about Dynasty is like, how it's like everybody values picks differently. I mean, depends on what well, your with them are. So just goes to show too, you, you don't know where the pick's going to land. You know, like you think, you know, you think, you know, all these teams are, it's so easy when you're trying to accumulate a pick, you're like, Oh, well, it's going to be a late pick or, you know, it's going to be an early pick, but like, you don't fucking know. And they can really swing the value of trade sometimes. Mm-hmm. So moving on to the next trade here, we have Jason and Steve Swazi. Jason gave up Tyler Higby, and the big dog gave up Eric Ebron and one blind bidding dollar, <laughs> which right. is the only blind bidding dollar I've seen in any trades in the history of the league. Huh. Well, leave it leave it to uh, Steve to work in right. a blind bid dollar. I actually remember that for some reason, randomly when he sent the trade to Jason just to be goofy, I think. but oh, Okay. <laughs> um. Personally, I like the Higby side of this. I feel like Ebron feels like he's on his way out of the league, and you got to like the possibility of Higby with Stafford this year. Um, yeah. I was pro the Higby side when they made this trade. I remember it, and I think I still stick pro Higby. I think Ebron outscored Higby a little bit but uh, this past year, but I still think I would today rather have Higby. What about you? Yep, I agree with that. I mean, you got to take – the opportunity that he presents with Stafford in that offense right now, like all the, all signs point to them doing amazing, just enough for them to uh, even not meet expectations. You know what I'm saying? Even if they do pretty good, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hmm. Yep. I agree. Um, move on to the next one here. Jason's in a lot of these trades. So this is with Jason and um, Robert, who at the time was Jordan's team at this trade. So Jason gave up Darius Geis, Will Disley, and the 107, which became um, DeAndre Swift. So Darius Geis, Will Disley, and DeAndre Swift. And Jordan gave up the 104 and the 504, which was Jonathan Taylor and Colin Johnson. So we don't really need to worry about Colin Johnson. So... Jonathan wow. Taylor for Geis, Disley, and Swift. What do you think about that? I mean, that's kind of nuts at the time. I mean, I would at that time I would probably want to be on that Swift and Geis end, but then Geis turned out to be complete garbage. Yeah, and yeah. Geis fell out of the league shortly after that. Right, right. So I'm about getting lucky. Pretty much any trade against Jonathan Taylor now is almost no so it's still not bad though i mean if you think swift versus taylor i mean obviously you take the taylor side but you're still right. probably happy with swift it's really so. good i mean you got to take chances on running backs and you get lucky to hit so it's basically it like you got to take chances on the studs that like when they're at the high ends you can trade up for them you know like if you feel like you you know 
bet at all, you know. You know, I think I, it was the right it was the right move by Jordan here. I think he acknowledged that the move down from pick 104 to 107 wasn't drastic. He was still able to land a top running back in that class. I mean, at that time of the draft, we had no idea. You know, it was like Taylor, CH, Dobbins, Swift, Akers, like who was it gonna, you know, who's gonna right. be in? And right now they all look good. So yeah. Um, and Jordan, give credit to Jordan. He was kind of a, a shrewd owner and like he'd almost like wait you out by never responding and then you speak exactly up. yeah yeah he would only take trades that he felt was like clearly in his favor so this is one of them so I've, i'm pretty sure one time i like texted him for like well, well actually we'll probably i think we get to that trade yeah so i'll wait we'll wait on that i'll, I'll talk about it then yeah it's probably coming up here shortly maybe in the next podcast <laughs> next trade we have uh jason ended up moving the 104 which was jonathan taylor for Cortland sutton ouch to Hobbs, Hobbs traded Cortland Sutton for Jonathan Taylor, for what became Whoa. Jonathan Taylor. Wow, interesting. Yeah, big boy trade. This one's a little sad because Cortland Sutton tore his ACL, you know, I think in the first game or something. So we never really got to see that fruition. But Jason had traded for uh, Drew Locke earlier, so he was completing that stack with Sutton. Um, yeah, and it's, it's kind of hard to judge this trade because. Didn't Sutton trade that Jason? Time, I think was was considered, you know, a future wide receiver one. So that's kind of what he was going for. Yeah, didn't I trade um Jason Sutton for something? Uh, I don't think so. Hobbs traded. I did. Him. I drafted Sutton. Maybe you traded to Hobbs previous year. Let's uh if you go back and check. I can't quite see, but we we reviewed the 2019 <laughs> trades earlier um, this year, this summer. No, but I remember because during the startup, I was debating between drafting DK and Cortland Sutton, and I took Cortland Sutton first, and then I got DK the next round. So, and it was like oh, both fun. late. So, and yeah, yeah, I think I traded him for like a third round pick too, or something stupid. I was like, I don't need him, and I was like, oh, and then he traded him for a first, and I was like, what am I doing? So, yeah, good on Jason for doing that, right? Yeah, uh, it was the opposite. Jason, oh, Jason traded him. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, Jason traded Jonathan for Cortland Sutton. So, good job out of Hobbs flipping so Sutton Hobbs into, doing that. Right. Right. into the 104. Yeah, yep. So, um, move on to the next pick. This one's between Jason and me. Um, this was me just moving up in the draft a couple spots. Uh, so I traded the 205 and the 411 for the 203. The 205 uh, was AJ Dillon, and the 411 was Joe Reed. And then I received Jalen Rager, was who I selected at that point in time. All right. This was honestly me just trying to get a few different shares. My other dynasty draft happened first, and I took Higgins. And then I essentially my two wide receivers left on the board I wanted at the time were Higgins and Rager. And so I moved up two spots just to diversify my shares and get Rager instead of Higgins, which did not work out in the long run because <laughs> Rager <laughs> definitely did not hit. Um, Don't worry, Hertz will uh, build him up. He's yeah, the I only watched a little... that can like increase the play of all the players around him. Trust oh, me. God, I hope so. I only watched a little bit of that preseason game, but Rager just dropped an open open. Yeah, path. I did. Yeah, I did see that. One. Jesus that Christ. Yeah. So. so I don't know. We'll see. Um, I don't personally like AJ Dillon very much at all. So to me, I don't really. This is 
players have hit, and I think they have a bleak outlook to hit. However, A.J. Dillon obviously just fetched a future first-round pick, so <laughs> I would say that he was definitely on the A.J. Dillon side considering uh, what he was able to get there. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Well, I guess I am on that side a little bit now, but um, at the time, yeah, like, I mean, it's kind of like, well – you don't really know what those are going to turn into. So it's pretty much like, yeah, I mean the four eleven Joe Reed, I, does that player even still in the NFL? I have no idea. So um, yeah. I gave up nothing just to go up and get the guy I wanted. So mm-hmm. I like doing those sort of trades. It's just, yeah, that's the, those are the type of trades you need to make. Yeah. So not too much else to talk there. Yep. Well, that is, I think we did 11 trades there. Okay. Um, so that's the end of this episode. We'll pick up uh, the remainder ones here on the next two episodes a lot of trades in this year so we have 20 more to go through dang yeah a lot of trades being made and there's some uh some major blockbusters coming up down the yeah board. there's there's some big boys coming up so do you have a favorite trade uh of that episode that we just did oh well i'm not gonna trade uh choose a trade uh that i made myself because i think we all obviously know which one that is it's the famous drew lock for the 303 trade right. hopefully it pan- pans out as epically as it can uh but uh looking back um painting it i gotta say i don't know i i think uh the one trade i really liked was the uh the one was kind of like a, a split you know between the uh Jason and Cambed with Chris Carson, T.Y., yeah. Draft Picks, and Ben Roethlisberger, DJ. That's actually, that's actually my favorite trade as well. I just – a lot of pieces there ended up working out for both teams. I feel like there's a lot of good players flipped around. That's mm-hmm. my favorite too. What's the What do you think is the most lopsided of those ones we reviewed? Well, I don't know. That's kind of hard to say. Um, but I will say another candidate for one of those major kind of blockbuster trades was the one between Jason and Hom Solo too, with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. That's, that's coming up. That's coming up. Oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry about that. That's, that's, yep. that's like one. That's a, those are two up. Sorry about that. So. I think that's next episode. So we'll talk about that one here in a second. But all right. But yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, I have one favorite of mine. It's, it's the. It's the. Uh, it's the. Uh, well, it's, I'll, it's I'll answer Jason. I'll answer the lopsided one. It's super easy. Zach Ertz and Cole Beasley for C.D. Lamb and Michael Pittman. Holy fuck, is that lopsided? Yeah, I mean, well, looking back on Zach Ertz, is really just completely fell off the map. And he looked good in the preseason game, but he's like disgruntled. Maybe he'll get moved somewhere. He's an he's an aging tight end. So and Cole Beasley, I really think might not be I really think they're they're just trying to hyper target him in the preseason to try and move him. Build That's him up. Thing. Yeah. 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 But um. All right, man. Well, let's get into the – let's end this one, and then um, we'll kind of move on to the next episode. All right. Sounds good. All right. Later, guys. Next week. All right. Peace. And what John White describes as the most tragic trade of all time, uh, Boyd sent me over the 1.08 and the 2.08 for um, Zach Ertz, Cole Beasley, and a 3.08. So what I was thinking at the time was the downfall of Zach Ertz is on the horizon.
you know, maybe two years, I was thinking, he'd pretty much decline. Wanted to sell him before that. It's a tight end, super flex, whatever, get a million points league. So needs to trade that number one asset as soon as possible. So Boyd came around. He was looking to upgrade that position, and he did not. So he tried, but he did not. Um, We then uh, analyzed the rest of the trade. And the 2.08 for basically Beasley and the 3.08. But I think that getting a little extra for Ertz, other than the 1.08, a late first-round pick, wasn't unreasonable. So he did it. I did it. I'm happy I did it. Ended up with CD and um, Mims. So... See how that plays out. The trade with Jason that I had was um, Big Ben and DJ Moore in the 1.07 as well as the 3.07 to Jason's team for Carson, uh, T.Y. Hilton, the 1.03, which is basically moving up four spots, and then the 2.06, which is uh, moving up... uh, uh, basically a round and a, and a um, pick. But uh, at the time, I was basically thinking Big Ben's on the decline. Um, I played without him for a whole season and finished fifth. So I feel like I didn't really need him, even though I didn't have a huge amount of depth at quarterback. Um, but I wanted another running back for sure. So that was Carson. I believed in T.Y., and he had a couple of big games down the stretch. And then I, I really liked the, the draft pick situation where I jumped into the top three picks. Uh, I ultimately made the wrong pick, I think. Uh, Should have went with Taylor. That would have been definitely a better draft. But um, I did get Gibson with the 2.06, and I think that was a pretty good good pick there. And basically, I lost out on DJ, which I never really loved the player anyway. Um, so I'm okay with that. But yeah, the the player for player profile didn't add up. But I did move some picks and did well with them. So have to be happy with that.